0: You're listening to episode 2.47 of The Midlife Improvement Project and on this week's episode we will be learning to tap into intuition with Beth Ijefano, who is a transformational life coach and intuitive psychic and medium. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the Midlife Improvement Project, a podcast about what really matters as you negotiate midlife. Some might call this time of life a crisis, but I want to introduce you to the idea that it's an awakening. This is a time to listen to your soul, to find your purpose, to reflect on what you really want to do and be in the days you have left here on planet earth, and then write your own midlife manifesto. You are not less of yourself on the other side of midlife, you are more. This is a time to be celebrated, not tolerated. I'm your midlife wake up coach, Dr. Peggy Malone. I am a healthcare provider turned life coach who helps women in midlife lean into the magic of being a woman as we head into the second half. I help you to decide where you want to go next with this one precious life and really claim all of your big dreams and goals while caring less about what anyone else thinks about it. After all, if someone is going to be unhappy with your life, it shouldn't be you. I've just passed the milestone of turning 50 and I want to use this podcast as my midlife manifesto. There will be no fading into the background and quietly living out my golden years with the assumption that my best years are behind me over here. I'm just getting started. I invite you to come with me. Listen in each week as I help you to wake up to what's possible for you in midlife as you learn to increase your self-awareness and your confidence, get curious about what got you here and get clear about where you want to go next on the way to being an even better you. Let's get after it. Okay, before we dig into today's interview, let me share a quick story from the snowboard vacation that John and I just got back from. We flew out of London, Ontario, into Calgary, Alberta, a couple of Mondays ago. And we did the thing that you do when you are being helpful, where you, when they call for volunteers to check their carry-ons at the gate, you do it. We knew that we'd have to wait for our snowboards because they were checked. So we figured why not? Well, as it turns out, the reason why not, was that those two suitcases never got put on the plane. So when we arrived in Calgary, we had snowboards and the clothes we were wearing. And that was it. So this presented the challenge that we did not have the gear that we needed to snowboard or any clean underwear or socks. So it was all a bit frustrating. While we waited for the luggage to arrive to our hotel in Banff the next day, I did my best to practice the thought, everything works out for me. Because most of the time, it does. And also... Let's remember that even if that isn't objectively true, if I keep practicing this thought, everything works out for me, then I'm practicing that thought and telling my brain that everything works out for me, and then my brain will do what brains do, and it will look around for evidence to support that thought. So this usually allows me to adjust quickly in situations that are frustrating or not going as I had planned. I can always ask myself, how is this happening for me? And remind myself that, Everything works out for me. So as it turns out, the suitcases did not arrive the next day while we were in Banff. And so instead of snowboarding, we made the best of the day by having a great breakfast and then doing some shopping to get some of the gear that we needed to snowboard. Plus, you know, a couple of pairs of socks and underwear. And then we went out to drink margaritas and eat tacos. An amazing day all around, despite the frustration. So the luggage finally arrived five days into our vacation which obviously wasn't ideal. But as a result, we got some great new gear, we were able to snowboard, and we now have a fun story about navigating lost luggage on a vacation. See, everything works out for me. Also, if you've come to this episode hoping for the goals that I keep promising, I will continue to promise that it is coming. So please come back next week to hear about how I did with the goals that I set in 2023, as well as what I have on my list for 2024. Let's get going on to today's interview. Beth is a former middle school teacher that at the age of 55 has found her passion as a neuro transformational life coach and intuitive psychic and medium. She has a daughter with severe special needs. That was the catalyst for her to search for an understanding of the spirit realm that would give her strength and support while raising her daughter, navigating a divorce, finding love again, and learning to trust herself. It also gave her the courage to step away from a job that was reliable, but unfulfilling in order to begin again and find her true purpose. Well, hello, friends. Uh, Once again, I have an amazing episode planned for you. Today, we're going to be delving into our intuition. We're going to see if we can communicate with some of our spirit guides. So get ready. My guest today is going to help us do those things and more. Beth, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm I'm
0: excited to be here. Um, Why don't you start by telling us a little bit about yourself and your story, and also because this is the Midlife Improvement Project, I'm especially interested in your midlife story.
1: Oh, perfect. Okay, well, I am midlife. I'm going to be 56 in a a week or so. So um, I am a former teacher, a 17-year middle school teacher, and um, I have a daughter. I have actually three daughters. I have one daughter I gave birth to and two bonus daughters, Um, and my daughter is 24, and she is non-speaking. So she has severe special needs, um, and I really went into education in order to be home with her because I was a lab tech before for ten years. I worked in the lab. I had my degree in biology, and when I had Hannah, um, I knew I needed to be home with her. And I needed to have vacations that were the same. So I didn't. I went into education really for that reason. Didn't think that I ever wanted to be a a, a teacher, to be honest with you, and um, found that I actually love it. I actually enjoyed it and and felt purposeful doing it until I didn't anymore. So it was very fulfilling until it wasn't. Um, and having Hannah, she really was the catalyst for me finding, um, my spirituality and something to hold on to to help me navigate the world of having a special needs child, which was really challenging for me. Um, My husband at the time and I were going through a divorce. Hannah was um, one when we filed and a little over one. And um, so I'm going navigating a divorce, trying to deal with a special needs child, birth to three, school, all the stuff that goes with that. And I just needed something to hold on to. I needed help. And my spirituality was that for me. I started delving into energy more and um, what it is, how it could help me, how I could communicate and get messages to help me and my intuition just expanded so much and i really i really relied on it in such a deep way that every job i took every decision i made after that was based on my gut feeling and i knew that if i didn't follow it there was going to be some kind of consequence all right i something went wrong all right i had this gut feeling and i didn't listen my brain kicked in um So that led me to, fast forward, five years ago, I was starting to feel restless teaching. Didn't know what I wanted to do, so stayed with it through COVID. Um, And all the while, I've been picking up pieces of puzzle with energy. I've been picking up um, different ways of communicating with energy and different tools to help me And never a cohesive puzzle, though, it was just pieces of the puzzle. So when I worked with my students, part of my philosophy was social-emotional learning. I wanted to tap into their ability to soothe themselves. Stress and anxiety were huge for my kids. I was a seventh and eighth grade teacher. Um, So that was a big part of my teaching. Even having said that, I still was not feeling fulfilled anymore. I knew there was something else I was meant to do. So I ended up taking a different position in the same school. They were starting a new program, food food science. So I figured, oh, this is the change I need. This will be perfect. I'll get out of the stressful cluster. And so I did that. And I wrote the curriculum. I loved it. You know, Once I got in the classroom, I was like, oh, no, this is not what I was looking for. So that's two years doing that. And I stepped away. And what I, what's important for your listeners, I think, to understand and to note about themselves is it's never too late to make a change, ever. And it could be a complete flip-flop of your life, which it was for me. It was huge. I was scared. I was really scared to make that move, but I was more scared to stay there because I knew I just had this feeling that I was meant I meant to do more. And um, not that I hated my job, I just wasn't fulfilled. And it wasn't fair to my my students to have a teacher that's not all in. And it wasn't fair to me. I'm here to learn lessons. I'm here to fulfill my purpose. So I stepped away. I gave my notice in January and stepped away this, this year, June, and started my own business. Um, as a neurotransformational coach, I've gone through training for coaching and um, did a wonderful class in energy work and tapped into my ability to be a medium. And really this year has been transformational for me. So my, my business is all around helping other people learn to trust themselves and learn to trust others. That's who, that's who I work with women who just can't trust for some reason, something's getting in their way. And, um, it's been such a life-changing year for me, and I'm going to be 56 this year. So, you know, I did it. I had the courage and I did it, and I can't express to your listeners enough how fulfilled I feel. Stressful it is running my own business, getting it up and running, but I am just so happy every day to get up and work on it.
0: Um, I love this story so much for lots of reasons. The first thing that comes to mind is, and it's a question I often ask my guests when they come on the show is that we sort of culturally think about midlife as the time of crisis, but I I would like to talk about it and I like to think about it as a time of awakening and your story fits this so well, spiritually as well as what's happening in terms of your transformation in your work. So yeah. can you speak more to your awakening spiritually and sort of how, I don't think it's a coincidence that it happened at this time of your life, but no. what's come up for you around this midlife time that you think was... That has contributed to the awakening.
1: It's so interesting when you said awakening, I got chills down my leg, and that's the way when I when I am doing a reading with someone, that's the way I get um, in tune with spirit. That I'm hitting the nail on the head. So the fact that you said that and I got chills down my leg, I'm like, all right, that's exactly it. There was no crisis. I was unhappy. I was unhappy. I was making good money. I had the insurance for my family, because my husband owns his own business as well, Um, but I just was not happy, and um, the awakening really was the energy class that I took, I think, because what it was is I worked with, um, I started delving into and taking workshops on energy to understand more about it, and this class that I took with um, Jamie Hearn and Robin Eaton, they took all the pieces that I had collected and put them together into a puzzle. And I just started to understand how much control I have over my own life and how my thoughts affect my reality. Create, not affect create. So the all the the information that I learned from them was the was actually I think the awakening for me. Because um, they had us, they had us looking at the world in a different way. And it's not anything that was new to me, but pulling the pieces together in a new way was new. And it was, it was like, oh my God, that's that makes so much sense. That's how energy communicate. That's how we communicate with energy. Um that's why I feel a certain way when I'm around certain people. You know, I never understood in a real sense, why I was uncomfortable around certain people, it wasn't that they have bad energy, it's their vibration was different from mine, because we were just in different places energetically. Mm -hmm. So I understood about energy, because I had crystals for my kids and my students. So, you know, I had all these stress relieving tools, I had crystals, I explained to them about energy and how it worked. But I just learned it in a different way. And also what was huge is that I Through this class, I found out that I'm a medium. I always knew that I'm I'm intuitive, but one of the exercises um, my teachers had us do was to call somebody on the phone, have them hold an object and figure out what they're holding. So connect to their energy and figure out what they're holding. Well, I was doing that, but I was also connecting with their deceased loved ones. So when that came in, I was like, oh, this is different. Okay. I'm, I'm getting, cause they're like, well, it's not that, but this is, you know, my, my stepfather owned this thing and I'm like, oh, okay. So then I, my mentors worked with me cause they were both psychics and was a medium. And, um, so they were my mentors to help me navigate through this world and tap into it. And that's the thing. I just hadn't tapped into it. It's not anything new that I'm all of a sudden, a psychic medium. No, I always have been. I just didn't know it. So the awakening really was, I think this class and that led me to the coaching, the transfer neurotransformational coaching, which led me to step away and start my own business. So there was no crisis. there was no, you know, on the floor crying devastated. It was a it was an unease that I'd had for many years, many years that I just was too scared to, um, delve into and start taking note of what do I want? You know, I was like, no, this is where I'm going to stay. This is where I'm making money. This is where I know this is, this is my, this is my dirty diaper. I, I talked to my clients about sitting in the dirty diaper. We're used to that dirty diaper. We know how it feels. We know what to expect from it. So we don't want to get dirtier in order to get cleaner. And I decided to get dirtier in order to get cleaner. And now I'm sitting in a clean diaper.
0: (laughs) I love love this metaphor. Speaking of metaphors, the other one that comes to me in this, and it's similar. My husband just recently left his job that, you know, had the benefits, had the insurance, Mm -hmm. all of the rest of it. And a lot of people had been very conditioned to say to him, what are you doing? Like there's a pension, there's benefits, there's all the rest of it. And we describe it as the golden handcuffs, like he has these things, but he's not happy and it's toxic. And he was not interested in staying in that, despite the fact that, yes, all of these, this safety that came with it, this perceived safety that came with it. Yeah. Yeah. So um, money
1: trap, we get trapped in the money. And, and it's interesting. Once you start doing what you're aligned to, everything unfolds. So it's beautiful how the universe responds when your energy is aligned to who you're meant to be. And you're not living from fear, because if you're staying in a job because of money, that is pure fear. Yeah, that's what it is. And it's ter- it is terrifying. And I had the support of my husband as well. Um, but I still had the choice. I could have stayed there and been, and been unhappy, not miserable, but quite unhappy. Um, or I could have taken the leap and done what I felt was too right to be wrong. I just felt leaving was too right to be wrong. And most, I, I had a lot of support. A lot of teachers were like, oh, I wish I could do it. You know what I mean? Cause it's tough and it's tough being a teacher right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did get some saying, what are you doing? Like you're too young to retire. You st- stay three more years and you'll be able to get retirement. No. Three years for what? Yeah. For money. Money's going to come. It's going to be fine. You know? So I, I applaud your husband for taking that, that leap as well. Cause it is, it's scary when you've got money that is coming in and now you have to think about, okay, how am I going to, how am I going to adjust my life until it starts again? Cause it will.
0: Definitely. I love how you described it as an an unease. I get the sense from a lot of my clients who are around this age that come to to my world that they've been conditioned from the time they were young women to be like, oh, now I do this. And they're checking boxes throughout their 20s and their 30s and their 40s. And then all of a sudden they kind of have this awakening. They wake up and they get to decide what do I want to be when I grow up? And they get to decide at this time in life, and when they actually take the jump like you have, it's so powerful to watch and to witness women who really do go, oh, now's my turn. I get to decide. I love it.
1: Yeah. Those limiting beliefs that we bring from childhood are really heavy. And, you know, another metaphor I use for my, with my clients is, you know, when we were little, we had those red wagons that we'd carry. We put things in and we'd drag it along. Well, we do that. We we start collecting all these limiting beliefs and we put them in our in our wagon and they're heavy. And we just carry them along with us and we don't realize how heavy they are until we start letting them go. And it's like, oh my God, I had no idea the weight that was on my shoulders because I didn't realize this was a limiting belief. I just thought it was something that I was supposed to do. You know, I didn't realize that that this wasn't serving me anymore. So it's very powerful when when A woman can can or a man, any any human being can recognize that they can change their beliefs. We grow up, things change, we have different beliefs. And that's a good thing. It's if it's not working for us anymore. Let's get rid of it.
0: Yeah. Is it it useful? Yeah. Is it useful? Mm Um, my clients are familiar with the idea of coaching. That's the way that I interact with my clients. Um, you mentioned that you have uh you do a neurotransformational coaching as a life coach. So I'm curious to know what that is, and I know my listeners will be as well. Can you tell us a little bit more about that?
1: Yeah, um I always like to put the neurotransformational in front of the life coach because I know for myself, when I think of a life coach, I think of someone who will help me reach a goal. Like if I'm, you know, if I'm having a hard time losing weight. I'm going to, you know, talk to a life coach and say, okay, I need to, I need to lose weight. All right, let's make a goal around that. And here's some action steps you can follow. A narrow transformational coach will do that, but then also unpack the beliefs that ha- are holding that weight on. Like, what's going on that you are overeating? Why, why are you? not able to lose the weight is there some belief that this weight is serving you in some way is that food serving you in some way so a neurotransformational coach helps a client change their way of thinking and it helps them unpack beliefs that are no longer serving them so that they can live the life that they want to live so it's not i'm not a therapist i'm not um you know i don't have a, i don't have a um Oh, what's like a degree in therapy, you know, not not therapist, but I am certified as a neurotransformational coach. I'm getting my advanced certification now. And I can tell you the exercises that I have learned to do and have done on me, because with the coaching that I do, we have six months of peer coaching. So we're doing these exercises many, many times on other people so that we have the certainty but also they're done on me on us. So I had free therapy for six months and it was amazing to feel the shifts that I could have with a 15 minute exercise, just looking at a belief and reframing it. Like, are you ready to let go of it? All right, let's see if we can reframe it. Let's give you an anchor to hold on to that, that wonderful feeling that you have. And just using the tools and using everything in my own repertoire, um, of what is intuitive and how I can help people. It's its just powerful work. So its I am a life coach, but I am a coach that helps women change their way of thinking. And a lot of it is just, it's all about asking questions. I don't tell my clients what to do. I ask them questions. And what that does is it and I I ask questions that makes them think in a different way. Because if we continue to think in the same way, we're just gonna bring in more of what we don't want. So by me asking questions that makes them think differently, they come up with the answers that they already have. We're, we I, I had all the answers that I needed. I just couldn't access them. I didn't know how to access them. So what a lot of these exercises do is it just unpacks what's on top of the answers that you already have. And it's really empowering to come up with the answers yourself. Like, oh, yeah, that belief does serve me better. All right, this is what I want to do. Instead of me saying, well, what about this? Um, so I think being being a really curious person helps me because I just ask a lot of questions. And and my client will say, well, what do you think? And I was like, well, how does it make you feel? What do you think? What are you feeling right now when you when I say what you just said? how do you feel about that? You know, and I have one client that gets really angry with me. So would you just tell me what you think? <laughs> I'm like, no, it's not about me. It's about you. It's about you tapping into your, your, your thinking, your emotion. So that's what a neurotransformational coach does is just get clients to tap into themselves.
0: Yeah, I love it. And I love watching them gain confidence when you can oh see God, that they yeah. figure it out and they knew the answer all along. It's it's a, it's, yeah, just, it's it's amazing.
1: And it's in it's about embodying it because if if I tell a client something and they're like, oh yeah, that makes sense, it's gonna hit differently than if they come up with it themselves. Like, oh, all right, now I know what you mean, but it's like embodying that thought, you know?
0: Cool. So
1: it's really, it's powerful. I really um, love it.
0: You mentioned your sort of how you came into your knowledge or your awareness of being an intuitive um, psychic medium. And I'm very spiritually curious and a lot of my listeners are as well. And for me, as I think about like expanding spiritual gifts, I have curiosity, but also fear potentially. So I'm just curious what you would advise or what your thoughts would be around if someone's spiritually curious or wants to come into that world a little bit more, how would you direct them?
1: Um, I would direct them to, if you're curious, um, what I did is I went to the bookstore and I went to that aisle and whatever I was drawn to, I would just look at different books and I would t- take it out and I would hold it and like flip to a page and see what I read. And I, then I put it back. So I, I learned to listen to my intuition. What felt right? Right when you read a title, when you look at a book, when you flip through it, and that's the thing, we don't read actual books anymore. Um, Everything's on an electronic device, but that's how I started. I started by reading about it. And for me, um, I was introduced to John Edward and Sylvia Brown, who are both psychics. So I think for me, I, my soul knew that I, that I had this gift as a medium. Not everyone does. Not everyone is a medium, but everybody is psychic. We can all connect to energy, every single one of us, because we are energy. So I think having an open mind is the very first step. Have an open mind and then tap into and ask questions of your guides. We all have spirit guides around us. So I would say another thing that a listener could do if they're curious is to journal. And, and by this, I mean, write a question that you want the answer to on the top of the page and read it over and over out loud, read it over and over. Like maybe for an example, is changing this job a good idea? Is changing this job a good idea? And just focus on that question over and over. Give it like a minute of silence, just thinking about it and then start writing freehand, not thinking, just write whatever comes up. Because that's your spirit guide speaking to you. So tapping into, and I'm not, uh, some people are afraid of connecting with energies that are dead. And so you can block that. I could easily block it if I wanted to. Um, But connecting to my spirit guides has been life changing for me because I know I'm never alone. I don't have to navigate this world alone. I can just ask my guides for guidance. They won't tell me what to do and they won't sit. They won't help me unless I ask for it. So if your listener finds themselves repeating a pattern over and over and over again, that's something that they need to look at. And that's something they can get direction from. They can ask their guides. How do I stop this? What do I do to stop it? So reading books, Watching, um, back in the day, crossing over with John Edward was on and I loved watching that, um, cause he'd do gallery readings and I just connected with that. Um, but I think being open to it, journaling is huge for me. That's the way I communicate with my guides right now. One of the ways. Okay. So I think anyone, and I'm not religious in the, in the, in the least religion and spirituality for me are completely different. Um, and I was raised Catholic. So, um, you know, I have those religious, um, limiting beliefs that I had to get rid of because a lot of people that are religious don't think there's room for spirituality in this sense. And it's all connected. It really is. So, um, but religion just doesn't serve me so that I don't, I don't subscribe to having to, um, go to a building to connect with source and who I call God. Some people say source, some people say universe, some say Sophia, Allah, whoever your source is. Um, But for me, I think tapping into my spirituality helped me tap into my intuition, which was my guides talking to me. That gut feeling is your, that's your guides speaking to you.
0: So all of this is amazing. I'm, you mentioned helping your clients learn to trust themselves and that you learn to trust Mm -hmm. yourselves. So can you sort of bring how the, that has worked with you, with your clients, using your spirituality, helping them tap into their intuition and their spirituality are all of these pieces of the puzzle that allow for a woman, a client to trust herself more?
1: Well, first, first and foremost, I don't assume anything for any client. So I have to be very careful that I don't put my beliefs on anybody else um but i do talk about energy in the science sense so a lot of people will be okay with that what energy is we're made of energy and how energy works so that's kind of where i start with the client until i really get to know what their beliefs are um cuz i have a client who's not spiritual at all but we talk about energy and she's okay with that because she understands energy in the in the in the science sense the physics the physics of it. So, um, but I think for a lot of my clients, they do have that component that they understand that their energy is what's responsible for what they're bringing in. Because when we have a thought, a thought is energy. And that that thought has a vibration. So when that go, that thought goes out, it's going to attract what's like it. So if you have a thought, oh I'm never going to be able to do this. I can't believe I I wanted to leave this job. I'm never going to be able to. Those are all thoughts that are sending out a vibration. And if you continue to think that way, you're going to bring in evidence to support that. But if you think, no, I can do this. Oh, I can you can vi- you visualize yourself where you want to be. You visualize the emotion, you feel the emotion that you're going to have when you're in that job that's sending out a completely different vibration that's going to bring in what supports that vibration. So the physics of it is where I can get my clients to buy in. And then if if I can go to the spirit guides in that with certain clients I can and it's it's wonderful cuz that's taps into that part of me, but some clients no. So I have to know where the boundary is. It's important that I respect what a client, what that client believes and not overstep my, my boundaries and their boundaries. But I think that's the biggest thing. And part of my program, my course for learning to trust is quieting the mind, um, being able to look at things in a different way, um, being willing to take action. So those are all little pieces in, um, of course listening to yourself that's one whole uh, one whole section of my course um tapping into your motion really being able to quiet the noise which is really hard to do today but you have to be able to quiet the noise because if you don't you can't tap in and you can't listen so um having and it doesn't have to be meditation a lot of people don't feel comfortable sitting in silence especially at the beginning So there are different things that they can do, even going for a walk in nature and really being mindful of what you're seeing. Oh, look at that tree. Look at the beautiful leaves. Oh, my God, it's red and yellow. Really super mindful of where you are. That's a form of of meditation because you are not letting the noise inside your head or outside noise get to you. So I think that's that's one of the ways, one of the many ways that I can help clients um, Learn to trust because if they don't, here's the thing. If you don't trust somebody else, it's really that you don't trust yourself. You don't trust yourself to notice the red flags. You don't trust yourself to be okay if it doesn't work out. So it's easy to say, oh, I don't trust that person because I got hurt before. Well, you got hurt before, but did you learn the lessons so trust is about, I learned the lesson. I'm going to see that red flag and I'm not going to pick it up. I'm going to walk right past it. And that's what a lot of people. Um, so I usually frame it as not trusting your uh, other people because some people don't realize they don't trust themselves. So that's important too. I don't want to put that on anybody. So when I talk about about who I work with, I always say women who don't trust themselves or other people. So, but really, if you don't trust other people, it's about not trusting yourself. Because if you did, if you trusted yourself to be fine, they could do whatever. And it would, you'd be okay. You would be like, all right, well, that kind of stunk, but I'm fine. No big deal. I can handle it.
0: Well, and as you said before, the more that you trust yourself, then you will have thoughts and feelings that will attract people that are more trustworthy anyway. (laughs)
1: Absolutely, yes. Nail on the head. Yeah. So that intuition and understanding how energy works is really, really pivotal. And i i just want to get I just want to get the word out there. And um, it, it's, it's, a lot of people think it's complex, but it's not. It's really simple. It really is. If and I said this to my client, and she's like, "Oh, Beth," I said, "If you can think negative thoughts, you can think positive thoughts." You have the ability, we control our thoughts. So am I saying ignore the issues you have? Absolutely not. I'm saying, think about what you'd rather have because if you focus on the problem, you're just gonna keep collecting the problem and you created the problem. So focusing on it's not gonna do anything. So you got to get your head out of that and what you'd rather have and how you'd rather feel. Yes, so it, it's, it. it's that and it's, and it's also, and I know as a, if, I, if there's any special needs parents out there, you go through a, a period of um, loss. When you find out your child has special needs, it's a loss. You're grieving. So things happen and you have to allow yourself to feel the feelings so you can move through them quicker so i don't deny myself any feeling i'm a human being if i have a bad day i'm going to have a bad day it's it's fine i'll let myself live in it for that day and then i get myself right out of it because i recognize what i'm doing and i know how to get myself out so it's not like i shut off all emotions and i'm all positive and all thinking positive thoughts no i'm a human being if I, something happens i'm going to respond to it but i just know how to st- Flip the switch quicker than I ever have. So yeah, I can feel this, feel angry, feel sad, feel whatever. All right. Process through it. Now I'm good. So that's a lot of what, a lot of what I help my clients do as well is not push down their emotion because that's the last thing you want to do. Let it come up, let it come out, and then have tools to uh switch it around so that Amazing. you know how to handle it.
0: Um, I spent a lot of time with my clients reminding them that when a woman puts herself first, everyone around her benefits. And I think most women, especially in midlife are kind of waking up to the fact that we've all been conditioned, that part of our worth has been related to how we take care of everyone else. And we've kind of forgotten ourselves or putting ourselves last. So I'm curious to know what advice you might have for women about putting themselves first.
1: Uh, It's interesting you say that because I have a client who I just did an exercise with around the world, the word selfish. Yeah. Because she was raised, she is a little older than I am, and she was raised with the notion that she had to give, 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 give. That if she's a good person, she gives. And I say to that, you have to have a full cup before you can fully give. Because what happens is if your metaphorical cup, if you're not filling that up with doing things for yourself or... um, um, taking care of yourself. Think, I want your listeners to think of a, of a coffee mug. And if that coffee mug is overflowing, you've got lots to give to other people and you'll give it freely because it's overflowing. There'll be no resentment because you've got plenty to give. But if you have a coffee cup that's half full and you're really thirsty, you really need that caffeine, but you're giving it away. You're going to be resentful. And you, the only one you can be resentful is yourself because you're giving it away. So she, I had her reframe and I had her, we went through a certain exercise to kind of deal with that um, limiting belief. And then I had her define the word selfish for me. I said, what does that word selfish mean to you now? And she came up with um, powerful and Um, taking care of me and all these different things. And I said, okay, now if you can, I want you to write those down and I want you to post them. I want you to write selfish equals and then all the words. And I want you to put it on your, your fridge so that you can get used to equating the word selfish with these great words that you came up with. Because the word selfish has a bad connotation. Selfish means we're taking care of ourselves. So for me, I have a giving spirit. I want to give, but I give freely because my cup is overflowing. And I feel like we should give. Absolutely. We should help fellow human beings. But the only way we can do that is to fill our our cup up first. And then we've got plenty to spread around to everybody else. So, I just invite people to look at their own lives and make sure that, and you you know when your cup is full because you feel it. Tap into people have to tap into emotions. I think we're so dead a lot of times, and just going from one step to the, I know I was, I was completely cut off from who I was and what I felt. But I think when you start tapping into yourself, you start tapping into when it feels right. And if someone asks you to do something, Can you make cookies for this event? How does it feel in your body? Do you have the time? Do you have the money? And do you want to do it? If you said yes to all those, have at it, go for it. But if you don't have the time, then you can say, oh, I'm sorry. I don't have the time. Maybe next time you don't have to be rude about it, but no, I'm sorry. I just don't have the time. And then cut it off right there, because if you're giving of yourself, when you don't have it to give, it's your fault. It's on you. No one's making you do anything. Even though you say, well, she's making me do this. Well, what is she standing there holding holding you hostage saying, bake those cookies right now? No, it's your own guilt that's doing it. So um, a lot of what I do too is separating the guilt and the shame from you know, people's behaviors because they feel guilty. I feel guilty that I should. And that's another word that needs to go, should. The word should needs to be out of our, our vocabulary because it does nothing but, you know, invoke guilt and shame. Oh, I should lose weight. Oh, I shouldn't have eaten that. Oh, I should do this. Oh, my God. No. <laughs> no.
0: Definitely. I totally Take agree with Take you. care of
1: yourself is what you should do. That's the only way should should be used. Yeah. Take care of yourself.
0: We don't should on ourselves around here, okay? <laughs> there you go. All right. Um, You have a podcast called The Hats We Wear. Can you tell us a little bit more about it and uh, where anyone listening could go and check it out?
1: Yeah, The Hats We Wear is a podcast that I started because I wanted to connect with people. Part of um, the program that I'm doing is I had to reevaluate my values and something that I value now that I really never did was connection with people. I'm thinking, how am I going to connect with people? I'm self-employed. I I work from home. So I said, let me start a podcast. So that's what I did. And I was thinking about, all right, what do I want want it to be about? At first, it was going to be for special needs parents. I'm like, no, it's not resonating with me. But I said, I just want to talk to people about the hats that they wear and the struggles and how they navigate. And I'm like, oh, my God, there we go. That's the name. So it's just it's called The Hats We Wear. And it's the guests that I have on just talk about the different hats, metaphorical hats that they wear and how they navigate the joys and the struggles in how they overcome, especially, I always tell my my um, guests, I want you to connect to the listener. So I want them to walk away with, well, if this person can overcome this struggle, I can as well. So that's really what it's about. And it's really been interesting because this goes to show you how energy aligns. I think I've only had maybe two out of 50 some odd guests so far that haven't mentioned energy in some way. It is amazing how energy works and I'm getting, the universe is sending me guests that I've needed at specific times. Like I'll interview someone, I'm not interview, have a conversation with someone and they'll say something that'll resonate like, oh, I needed to hear that right now. You know, at this point, this moment in time, I needed to hear it. So it's been, it's been a lot of fun doing the podcast. I'm meeting a lot of really cool people. I'm not I'm not a pro at it. I don't know how to edit anything yet. But it's just me having a conversation with someone and just being curious and asking questions. And it's been a lot of fun. I really enjoy it. So it's on um, Apple Podcasts. And it's on Spotify.
0: All right, cool. Well, I'll put a link to that in my show notes here. So if anybody wants to go and listen to that. And then also, Beth, for any of those people who are listening who they want to learn more about your work. They want to connect with you on the socials or on your website. Where can we direct them?
1: Yeah, I'm on Facebook, Beth I. Chifano, I-A-C-I-O-F-A-N-O. And my website actually is a catch-all. So to transform.com is my website. And if anybody wants a um, mediumship reading, you can schedule through there. And also um, any coaching you can schedule through there. My podcast is found there. I have a blog that I write about my daughter. Um, I'm not so good about that, but um, that's on there as well. So it's kind of like a catch-all for everything that I do is riseuptotransform.com. And then rise up to transform at
0: gmail.com
1: is my email. So um, yeah, those are different ways.
0: Okay, awesome. And any final words of wisdom that you want to share or the one thing that people should take away from our conversation today?
1: trust yourself, listen to your intuition, listen to your intuition. That's uh, I, that's it. Listen to your intuition. And if you're unsure how to do that, quiet yourself, journal and see what comes in. Listen to your gut.
0: Okay. Fantastic. Thank you so much for being here and sharing your story.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: And that's it for this episode of the Midlife Improvement Project. Thank you so much to my guest today, Beth Aichifano for sharing her story. If you get the feeling that I might be your coach and you are interested in learning more about me and my work and perhaps how we could work together, especially as you navigate the challenges and adventures of midlife, come and sign up for my mini course called wake up to life 2.0. I'll send you an email every day for five days. that will help you to get super clear on where you want to go next with this one precious life. Go to drpeggymalone.com forward slash wake up also, I'd like it if you would come and say hi on Instagram. You can find me there, at Dr. Peggy Malone, and that's where you'll find me discussing my life as a 50-year-old who likes to snowboard, backhand spring, and also to encourage women like you to find what is fun and adventurous for you in midlife. As usual, you'll find all of the resources and links that were mentioned during today's show in the show notes at drpeggymalonecom forward slash podcast. If you enjoyed today's show and you don't want to ever miss an episode, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you usually listen. Until next time, my friends, stay focused and get after it.